Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Fab. <laughs> fab as always. Feeling fab. Good, good, good. Uh, what's your update this week? I am advocating for uh, long weekends and mini, get- mini getaways following our uh, take a day off PTO yes. episode. As always. Um, one of the things that... Uh, that we've talked about a little bit, uh, like side convos, is like how to work in like outings or exploring new things. And one of the things you and I also talked about on one of our last episodes was just this idea of uh, being excited about trying new things. Mm -hmm. And so we are preparing for a long weekend in Toronto. Yay! That's going to be awesome. And at the time that this episode releases, we will have already been to Toronto. (laughs) And it will have already been awesome. But what we're looking forward to is just eating, drinking, exploring, checking out a new place. A place that's like the New York City of Canada, too. Like, I always forget that Toronto, because for us, it's like a pretty easy trip. It's like three hours. So, a road trip, that is. So, um, to know that this place exists, like, just over just the, over the border and uh is is bustling and full of delicious food and bevs and experiences that we don't have here yeah is super exciting that's gonna be so fun and i imagine that you've already planned some restaurants and some bars maybe we have a couple we're excited to try a couple fancy restaurants there i love a fancy restaurant and we did um the other thing is like talking about budgeting and things to look forward to is like the credit card miles or not miles points Points. that we have um and we utilized some of those to cash in on a sick hotel nice so that's also part of the experience is like normally we get like an airbnb Airbnb, and i've talked about in the past of like how on vacation one of the things that we're like definitely all in for is like a nice living situation during the vacation and having like something that's cozy and comfortable and we've shifted from like what's the economical travel experience to like let's make sure that we enjoy like find a cool place to stay and like thoroughly enjoy it and so we had done that it was like our first experience doing that when we were in Martha's Vineyard yes and it was like the best Airbnb ever and we were like I'm so glad that we splurged like an extra $50 a day it makes a huge difference like not just like for the sleeping piece of everything but if you are people that and I think you guys like like a midday downtime situation if that is the thing that you do having a nice fun place to go back to is really important and if you're doing a hotel and splurging on the hotel there's really good chance that there's like a good restaurant or a good bar that's either in the in the place or nearby all of the above yeah like i feel like that's what is one of the best parts about travel is the place that you stay in addition to all the fun activities that you do yeah so we feel like now we're taking these mini vacations as an ex- like we're adding more to the experience so that it's fulfilling the things that we like are super amped about isn't that fun to figure out what those things are too yeah like as they come together Especially in my journey to rediscovering things that I love and care about. (laughs) I feel like it's going to be a longish journey, but I am here to support you every step of the way. Yeah. And if you need a buddy on figuring out what those things are, 
Always available. Well, you know, as a Taurus, automatically I'm like comfort, luxury, yes, delicious food and drink. <laughs> Count me in. That is, those things bring me the most amount of joy. Truly, truly. Oh, just like thinking about it makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> Give me a minute. I just want to sit with this feeling. <laughs> what is up with you? As I said last time, I'm doing this something I'm keeping up with. Love it. (laughs) I'm making it a a tagline. (laughs) (laughs) And just thinking about what from like a year ago I've kept up with or multiple years ago I've kept up with and have like either kept me sane or something that I've really like dug into and like gotten cozy with. And so this week, the thing that I'm keeping up with is journaling. And we've talked about journaling a lot before, but I like recently was like having it be part of my morning slash like day practice. And even though it's intermittent, I'm letting it count because it is something that still grounds me and it still helps me like feel fulfilled and lets me take a deep breath if I need to take a deep breath. And I've also been actively working on journaling about like positive stuff in addition to the things that like maybe bring me stress or bring me anxiety. Like also taking time to journal about joy. And I know people do gratitude journals, which I really appreciate. And I I would probably put joy in the same category to some degree. Um, But I feel like this has been something that I've done for a long time, but specifically in the last year, I feel like I've been leaning on it more often, even if it's still like not a daily practice or a weekly practice, it is as needed. And I feel like giving a shout out to something that I do as needed (laughs) and is inexpensive slash free and is available whenever I need it are things that I need to remind myself, keep me sane and happy. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing I'm keeping up with. Journaling. (laughs) Journaling. Journaling. I love that because I know that you kind of kickstarted that for a particular reason with Mm -hmm. like school being it being part of like your tasks and then like knowing knowing that you consistently have maintained it in some capacity like I feel like as needed is so appropriate because like yes a daily journaling activity is like spectacular but I can't even keep up with as needed no yeah I feel like if it's if it's bringing me more stress than joy or release of some kind Mm -hmm. then it's not it's not for me it's the same thing with working out like it's as needed which for me is multiple days a week but for some people it's like a yoga on a Saturday is as needed Mm -hmm. or like when I'm feeling stressed and I go to the gym and like run eight miles that's as needed and so I feel like as needed counts as a form of consistency for sure yeah and I know we talked about this in our uh journaling episode Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the journaling experience like do you have is it a digital thing? Are you writing down in like a physical journal? I am. I'm writing in a physical journal and it's so funny because the one I've stuck with I think has like the least amount of pretense. It was a journal that was given to me at a conference. and it's Like on, a notebook? Like a notebook that was given to me at, what did I say? Yeah, like a journal notebook type of thing, smallish, um, given to me at a conference. And I put a, <laughs> I taped um, a long like post-it what was like off of a like a tearaway situation and I taped that to the front of it and it said like a like it has like a phrase on the front of it that I wrote <laughs> Sid's <laughs> just, journal that just says like 
um, I when I feel things or something like that. And I just wrote that. And it's just been something that I've consistently gone back to. And in the very front of the notebook is the notes that I took at that conference. And it's just moved into like... It's transitioned into a journal. Just my full journal. Because it's like totable. It's small. It's It was free. And it... And it, it, I don't have, like, a particular style, but I do like to write versus type. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been just kind of going back to it ever since. It feels, like, very Harriet the Spy, the way that the, you, like, makeshift <laughs> created the front of the cover. Every time. And it's, like, tearing now because it's paper. <laughs> I was like, you can just take this off now. I'm like, no, I feel like part of the reason it, like, works is because... It's so unassuming as, like, a fancy notebook that you, like, take out and write in and, like, keep your thoughts in. Those I've had in the past and absolutely work. But for some reason, this is, like, really jiving with me these days. I love it. Yeah. It's working. Well, as long as you have something that works for you. I think one of the reasons mine doesn't work for me is because it's so big. (laughs) And, like, I'm now at the point where I'm at the end of it and it doesn't stay open when I'm, like... Yeah. And it's so irritating mm-hmm. because it's I need like a spirally or like a very bendy. You need a specific type. So I'm definitely like at the journal stage where you were at with your planner. Oh, yeah. I feel like <laughs> just like trying to like it and just enjoy it and see its usefulness. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I should just start over and just like <laughs> find, find the notebook that works. That and, helps. And adopt uh, your methodology. Yeah, it as has needed. really, really helped. As needed, I think I'm just going to put that on a t-shirt and it's just going to be as needed, like small <laughs> doses, <laughs> whatever it is, and just see if that goes anywhere. That's perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, Brian, give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? We are talking about Carla Hall this week in our yes. Women Inspiring Team QS Happy episode. October. <laughs> Um, so she is a chef and TV show co-host, mm-hmm. and she entered our worlds uh, at the beginning, in my case, a stint on season five of Bravo's Top Chef. Thousand percent. Um, and she warmed the hearts of the nation. She did. And sh- all of the show's fans. Um, but we wanted to take the time to talk about her career path and what we can learn from her because she has a really interesting journey, and I think... Um, her spirit also is something that we just love to love. Just so fulfilling as a person. And maybe we can embody a little bit of that in our lives. I think you're totally right. And I remember Carla because I was a Top Chef super fan. I used to watch with my mom. And it was, I don't, like, I, you know, I never cooked and I still don't most of the time. But apparently love a reality <laughs> TV show cooking competition (laughs) competition exactly and like the personalities of the people well on season five fabio was on it fabio viviani who of del lago casino and portico fame portico yeah so you're uh, right i loved that season and he was dubbed fan favorite but was like rival fan favorite like it almost was carla it was like who do we love more because they're like you can just sink into their personalities and you're like i could be friends with them and that's what i loved about those reality shows it's like well i I loved seeing them like do their craft and like Tom Colicchio and Pad Malashki. Like I was all about all of them. And when you had the good chefs that had the great personalities, you're like, I'm in heaven. Like this is everything I need. 
So I'm excited to be talking about her today because I didn't follow her after Top Chef, but you did. And so she was your pick this time, and I was super excited to learn a little bit more about her. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, She she's fabulous. Um, it's one of those uh, individuals that, like, she doesn't necessarily have a, like, definitive moment that's happening right now. Right. But I think that's what makes her special. Yeah. But she's, like, always in my mind. Yeah. She's also, like, kind of come up – I I can't remember which podcast it was, but I was listening to a one of the many food podcasts. I'll find the link and put it in show notes. Um, and she was on a podcast, and I, it, she, like, talked about her life history. And it's so nice to hear it from, like, a more casual, like, voice – hearing her voice talk about it. Because, like, when you see her on the show, it's, like, the she's show like, experience. Yeah. Or, like, as a TV host – like watching her on the chew or having watched her on Top Chef, like that also is like it's formulated in some capacity. Editing, all of that good stuff. But to hear someone talk about her life and knowing that she got her start, what I ended up learning is that she started as a like runway model. Super cool. Which is crazy to think about very early in her career. And during that time, while in like London and Milan and Paris, she was like eating her way through these cities. Is that what it takes? Is that what I need to do to become a chef? Is Perhaps. To become a model first? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that transition was like, I love food I, or I love travel. I'm doing this lovely experience. I'm like lucky enough to be a runway model. Right. And now being exposed to like, culinary treats and coming back to the u.s and deciding like all right i'm gonna attend culinary school and see where this leads me super cool um but what i love about her story in those early days is that like she grew up in a home that was like so focused on like comfort food and soul food and like having a family where that was like your what you talk about with like sobre mesa and just like Mm -hmm. everything about being in the kitchen and eating and it was like friends and family and laughter and like that is what she brings to the food experience and it's like both of our favorite things that's why she's so intoxicating because even like when you brought her up i'm like oh yeah i remember carla hall and like she just has even if you aren't like physically in a room with her she has presence even from just like knowing a, just something about her and like reading a little bit about her she has presence in the sense of like i want to be around that person and I want to, like, figure out why they feel so good seemingly all the time. Like, yeah. what is the secret? And so that was really exciting to learn a little bit more about that and what she actually does, like, physically or was it literally and philosophically <laughs> bring to the table. <laughs> literally and figuratively? Figuratively. <laughs> We're leaving it in. (laughs) This is the real real. That was awesome. Anywho. (laughs) So to hit on some of her career highlights, because I feel like what she's experienced in her cooking world is like, she, I, I feel like what she's done following Top Chef has like, is so beyond what any other contestant would experience. And partly because of like, her vivaciousness and her personality that yeah. like has g- gotten her so far. Um, but her claim to fame obviously was um, being cast on season five of Top Chef. Notably, probably the best season of all. For sure. Personal preference. I don't know. But she landed in the top three. Also top two. Didn't win. 
hmm. but actually became like more successful, so to quote unquote. Who won that season? Uh, Hosea. Oh yeah, Hosea. Yeah, I can't remember his oh, that's the pronunciation. It's like American Idol when the person that wins like doesn't do anything. Yeah, and then you've got Kelly Clarkson just killing the game still, and Carrie Underwood. Oh wait, Kelly Clarkson won. Carrie Underwood. <laughs> Carrie Underwood. Clay Aiken. <laughs> there are others. My my example is Carrie Underwood. <laughs> oh, I'm on a roll today. <laughs> You're really winning. Uh, <laughs> best way. Um, so she, one of the things that like in the history of Top Chef, and I, not I don't watch it as much as I used to, but. One of the things that always gets you the furthest is if you just like lean into the thing that you're good at. Mm-hmm. And she blew the judges away with her soul food and her gumbo impressed everybody so yes. much. Like even getting like accolades through and through from um, some pretty famous uh, famous judges. And so that will get you pretty far. And like in my experience, having seen other people like kind of fig- trying to figure out like I'm trying to be like my the top version of myself, and it's like no, just be like your version of you. Yeah. Um. And so because of that, she obviously like won some acclaim and fan favorite vibes. Um. So they ended up bringing her back for Top Chef All Stars. So cool. And then officially was dubbed fan favorite, which mm-hmm. is pretty baller. Mm-hmm. Um. After that, so like then taking her like the pizzazz to the TV stage. (laughs) She ended up becoming a co-host on The Chew, um, which was a food-focused daytime show. I didn't realize that ran for seven seasons. Yeah. That's a long time. I mean, I know daytime TV, there are much longer seasons, but I feel like for The Chew, like, that's pretty good. And um, one of the interviews I read from, um, that she did recently, um, was that she talked about how, like, it's very rare for, like, a food-focused TV show to be that successful on, like, a broadcast that's, like, outside of, like, a food network. That's what I thought when I was reading about it, and I was like, that is not average, I feel like, or necessarily tried often, and the fact that they did it for seven seasons is pretty good, which is great. Um, I also want to note that she wrote three cookbooks. Her latest one, I think, recently-ish came out. It's not super... Within the last year. Yeah, um, and it was really cool to learn about like her her past cookbooks and how how her newest one is different because it leans into like a different part of her culture and who she is and her identity. So that was great to read about. And she interviewed Michelle Obama on her book tour. That seems like the greatest accomplishment in all of, all of the land. I feel like if we're going to talk about highlights, we cannot forget about that one. And reading about it, she was like, I really did not know why they asked me to do it, but she took on like because you know she was on the chew so she has like interviewing skills to some degree and she was saying that while she had questions prepared she was just thankful to like be in that space with her and have a conversation and even go off book at certain times and just get to know michelle obama and share that experience with like a stadium full of people she said was just so awesome and she's still very thankful for that opportunity and i was like that is so rad i didn't realize she was one of the people that's so cool very very cool um, so what can we learn from Carla Hall? Well, first and foremost, you have to cook and do everything with love. Yes. Um, That's like a staple of hers. Yeah. Her attitude 
about everything is just this air of positivity and humor and kindness and to be around someone with that type of energy is just infectious and it's obvious why like it's granted her such success in the work that she's done especially um kind of transitioning into this like tv personality experience that she's doing and you know most recently i think she's on um this is not a show that i'm a super fan of but i appreciate that she's a participant on it okay the uh baking championship on food network i love the baking championship well i love it she's on like the latest season yeah (gasps) as a judge yeah (gasps) and they get like because it's like halloween (laughs) halloweeny or at least all the like commercials i've seen recently they're always dressed up in a oh my god outfit I have to tell you that I powered through the Holiday Baking Championship and the Spring Baking Championship. All the seasons that exist, I have watched them. I have favorites. And she's never... So they've had the same judges for every season I've ever watched. So I'm really excited that she is replaced. I don't know who she's replacing. I could guess, but... (laughs) Yeah. But she... That's awesome. It's kind of the... So, like, she's nearly six feet tall yep she's got crazy glasses like such cool trendy frames Mm -hmm. and always rocks like a cute little outfit in a clog which i love (laughs) i literally asked someone the other night at the bar i was like do you like clogs because i have a a favorite clog company and she's like uh absolutely not (laughs) I was like, okay, well, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Interesting conversation starter. Oh, I just thought maybe I'd try because she was looking for new shoes. <laughs> anyway, I love a clog, so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think just in general, like one of the things that she talked about and like advocated for in not only her books, but also just like the way that she talked about things, especially um, in her Top Chef experience, she always was like, you got to cook with love. And, like, she was dead serious about it, too. Yeah. Of, like, if you're not in a good mood, like, one of my favorite pieces of advice is, like, that she shared was that if you're having a rough day and you're trying to cook yourself dinner or your family dinner or your husband dinner what whoever and you're not, like, feeling the good vibes, order takeout because the food that you make is not going to turn out well unless you're, like, in it and, like, ready to just, like, give your love to the thing that you're making. How often have we talked about like needing permission to do a thing? That's my permission to do a thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed to hear. I like, internalized it. I'm doing it. I can't do this with love, so I'm not going to do it at all. I think that's I mean, I've told you the story where I burnt garlic on like the first try of making a thing and I literally like screamed and then I was like, I'm going to try again. And I did and it was fine, but like I should have just I should have walked away. I should have given it a try another day because I was stressed out and I was unhappy. Yeah, like tonight's a night for just cheese and crackers. Exactly. And just that's okay. As an aside to this conversation, I was listening to a podcast the other day where they did like a little Q&A where someone was like, I always am burning my garlic. What do I do? And the answer is apparently... Were you listening to Molly Baz? No. Oh. (laughs) But I was listening to uh, Cook's... uh, Whoops. Formerly (laughs) Cook's Illustrated, uh, Chris Kimball on his Milk Street Radio. Yep, yep, yep. Um, But he said to heat the pan... Or to start the garlic in a cold pan with oil so that they heat up together oh so they it like the temperature rises gradually so that you don't burn the garlic 
And I was like, that's about the genius, most genius thing. Because what I usually do is the oil and onions first. Yep. And then put in the garlic like 30 seconds before I'm about to put like all the other things in. Yeah. Yes. I, I like, like that. I feel like a cold oil will do it. I always thought, and I'm making this up because I'm like, I, I swear to you, I read somewhere that you're supposed to do it the way that I did it. <laughs> That's not true. Hot AF pan. Yeah. And just like throw it in and hope for the best. No. Not a good idea. I'm learning. Well, now you know. <laughs> now you all know. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Now we're on the same page. <laughs> Back to Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Another chef amongst us. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like just that lesson of like cooking with love and knowing that the thing that you're doing is just like, you should feel everything and like feel what you're, be present in what you're experiencing. And she succeeded because she didn't second guess herself through the like competition. And when you're, you feel confident in what you're doing, you, you love the world that you're in. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just like a lovely thing. It all comes together. Um, the other thing that I just found, uh, wonderful, and this kind of, like, feeds into the other one about just, like, love and, and cuteness, <laughs> she had, she has a sweet tradition of, um, on Top Chef, she became known for her catchphrase, hoot hoo! <laughs> and That's adorable. It, it was something she and her husband started, um, as a catchphrase, or it's her catchphrase, her and her husband started it when they were trying to locate each other in, like, public places, <laughs> They just like a, a call and response, like, who do you? Who do you? I love that. <laughs> that brings so much smiling to my face. And it just was like, A, that's the most adorable couple <laughs> thing ever. I want it. Um, but I also love when people have a thing. Yes. Like, if you as a person can have a thing or a phrase or something that's like definitively you, it just makes you a more memorable enjoyable presence and especially if you're like in the situation where you're like a public entity yeah you no matter what will become memorable for this thing and so whatever it is that you decide that to be um it's cool that it like it became became a a thing that just was like this ever evolving ever flowing thing that she mentioned throughout the show and then like here on out yeah and like every article i wrote about her and you know like season five of top chef was like some time ago and every article i've read for her from the recent past has included that fact about her and how it's like her thing and how it's so cute and where it started and i feel like that's how you that's how like that's your calling card you have something that people can assign to you and brand you as and and having it be like the cutest thing ever with the cutest backstory i feel like just compounds how awesome it is yeah that's awesome. And it becomes the public's, our, her fan base's thing. And now we're all hootie hoos. And now we're all hootie hooing <laughs> when we see Carl Hall. <laughs> I would die. Oh, that would be so great. What if, if you hootie hooed at her? And then she responded back. I feel like you would just faint right there. I would. In the middle of everything. It'd be sweet. <laughs> um, the other thing, moving past some of the sweet, lovely things, <laughs> is just like. We a- all have another side resilience through um having a tough year yeah where her tv show the chew was canceled and the restaurant that she opened in brooklyn closed quickly pretty quickly like Like within the year yeah yeah which is super sad and i think being able to step back from something that's 
as devastating as those things are. Like, if you can think about that, like reading that, you're like, oh man, that sucks. But thinking about like, what is it like? Like, what has been your toughest year? Right. Like, could you imagine both of those things? You're like, your actual, like your career ventures, like what is defined for you as like what you're doing right now. Right. She was a TV host and a restaurant owner. And both of those things are now gone. In the same, like in the same breath. Yeah. And so like, while it is like, that's recognized as a career low, being able to like step up from that and say like, what's the lesson in this experience? Or like also now that this thing, these things are no longer in my purview or like taking up my time, what are the things that I can be open to? Because what was cool about that and like one of the interviews that I read about her is that she was like, it was really tough yeah. to get through that. But I was able to like, it opened up opportunities for other things that I would have been able, would have had to say no to right. had I been doing the, the things that were her, her past daily priorities. And I feel like understanding that, like, in the moment, she's not saying it, like, didn't suck at all and wasn't, like, detrimental to her life and her confidence and all of those things that you know that it was. But the messaging on the outside of it is, okay, how do you see the other side of it? And Mm -hmm. how do you um, put yourself in a position to be prepared for the other side of it versus, like, what is a is probably a really attractive alternative which is like i'm just gonna go away (laughs) like i'm just gonna go home and not do anything because these things failed and i don't feel good and what's stopping me from just walking away the fact that she could see on the other side of that that there were opportunities that could come out of it there were opportunities that she could put together because of it those are really important factors not erasing the fact that it happened and how much it sucked that it happened but being able to look like around it and be like, okay, I see something on the other side. Like, let's go for that. Yeah. Which is super cool. I think the other piece of it too is like being able to start over and know that that's like a thing that you can do at any point in your life. Isn't that so scary though? Like, she was that gives me like some heart feels. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're in our 30s and we're like, Oh my gosh. Because I was, late. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. <laughs> I was listening to one, this is again, totally unrelated to what we're talking about, but um, where the person went from being like in a, like on a career path to like, I quit and I'm starting over and like going to be a Buddhist monk. Oh. Choices. And then like stopped and immediately was like, I'm going to go, uh, joint get some circus training wow what and then ended up founding headspace the app ah but that pathway not something that you plan definitely not and like same for carla like she started out with the goal in mind to be an accountant like that was what she went to school for and then was like you know what i don't know i'm gonna be a model See where this gets me. And then there was when, like, that experience of just being open to something new and fresh led her to, you know, I'm traveling, I'm eating, I'm experiencing this other world, I'm coming back to the United States, getting my uh, culinary school degree, starting a catering business, getting on a reality TV show, opening a restaurant, writing a cookbook. Keep it moving. Who could imagine doing those things, especially, like, in a span of 30 years of your career and like 
you can't like map that out for yourself. Right. And so to know that at any point you could be like, hey, I'm doing this crazy thing where it's like, you know, I'm an accountant and now I'm not a runway model. Like yeah. who would say that that's like, like you graduate college, like how is that your path? Right, right. And I feel like it's very like Shonda Rhimes, year of yes mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And just following that yes to wherever it goes and following yes after yes after yes after yes. And like acknowledging where the idea for the yes came from and just living in that for as long as you can and like letting it take you where it's going to go. But really um, not letting fear stop you from taking those steps because I imagine to some degree all of that was very scary. Mm -hmm. But saying yes to things, even if they're scary, is really important. Yeah. As we've learned. And just like up and out. Yep. Be aware. Look up. I feel like that's like, I want that on a t-shirt too. Look up. (laughs) The sky. It's above you. We need to write all these ideas down, Sid. Oh, merch is coming. (laughs) Watch out, everybody. We're going to coin terms that you've been saying for years. (laughs) Put them on (laughs) t-shirts. Oh, man. I think the one... Of, of all of these things, because I appreciate everything that you've said and all of them are true and, and all of them make me feel really good. But one of the articles that I read that she did an interview with uh, in Forbes magazine or was an online article in Forbes um, was the idea of just embracing who you are, but know that whoever that person is that you've embraced can change and they can grow. And it was really like very timely I think and I've been going through like my own set of changes I feel like and remember when you asked me like when I turned 30 how I was feeling I was like I feel great like everything's fallen into place and like I feel like I prepared for this a year in advance (laughs) feeling really good and then life was like sorry no and like change has been coming like fast and furious and, and like sometimes the best way but it really like made me think about embracing the person in all of the flux and all of the good and all of the bad. Um, and the article was called Carla Hall's Guide to Embracing Authenticity, which I just think is, I just want that to be a book, <laughs> I think, in and of itself. Um, but she shared that like when cooking became so much more to her because of embracing like she got a DNA test and talked about how she then could like trace her ancestors back to specific parts of Africa and she like went on a journey to figure out like that's so cool right like what types of cooking actually happened there and like leaning into her family history of like what her family did in the kitchen like you were talking about like how she was surrounded by her family members making food and like living in that moment like going back to those roots and letting that just be and letting that process guide her and she also talked about like how you adopt a new identity and like how when she was figuring out if she wanted to let her hair go gray which I think like for me when I was reading that I was like is that a big decision because like obviously it hasn't happened to me and well not obviously it hasn't happened to me (laughs) um but she was like I consulted like my friends and family the closest people to me to see like how they felt about it and telling them I wanted to take this step and this was something that was important to me and for me I was like "Ooh, the square squad like she's got a square squad But she just started living in that identity. And I just appreciated that acknowledgement that like any part of your identity that you are ready and willing to shift 
And I like the way that she came at it too. It wasn't just like an aggressive left turn. In the articles that I read about her, she kept going back to like, there's a thoughtfulness around the changes that she makes. And and they are not group decisions, but they're like sounding board decisions. Like mm-hmm. she's made it and then she's seeing what other people who are super close to her feel about it. Um, and I just, I feel like there's, something that's always been wrong with that way of thinking. I've always been like told that like you should just do things like just do them like who cares just make it happen if you want to make it happen but I've always been of the mindset that like consulting your people isn't a bad thing. It helps ground you in times that like you might be sure but you also want to check in with the people who love you most and who know you best um, and share with them the changes that you want to make and like just see how they feel about it. And I just loved that she was about that lifestyle. I love that because I think sometimes we think change happens in an instant. Right. Where the reality is it's sometimes a slow roll. Right. And to be able to communicate through change is really valuable. Right. Absolutely. And like letting people in with you on those things so they're not like either blindsided by the decision or feel like you're a whole new person out of nowhere. And so Mm -hmm. like you said, like communicating through it allows other people to live it with you instead of just like walloping someone. And it could be the best change ever. But just acknowledging that like you don't live in a bubble and there are people that like are around you every day who love and care about you and and letting them be part of that identity shift um, is really important. And I don't think that that means that you are asking for permission from someone to change. I think it's letting people know because you love them so much that you want to share this with them. And that's mm-hmm. a very important like distinction, I think, that she was clearly making in, in the things that I read. Um, and one quote that was from the Forbes article that just like sat on my heart really fast was once somebody decides they are a thing, everything changes. Their perspective about themselves changes. And so it's like you've made a decision and everything changes after that. And you then get to decide (laughs) your face. (laughs) You're like, I feel it. Wide eyed. I feel all of it. But it's, it's true. Like once somebody decides they are a thing, everything changes. And then it's letting other people know that you are the new thing. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And I was like, because decisions happen in our head, but the actions obviously happen outside of there and of that. <laughs> and trying to move forward with that can be really hard. But acknowledging that like the decision has been made is very, um, I don't know, grounding to some degree. So I like that. A hundred percent. I really like that. Um, so that's what I've taken away from, like, I knew about her and I knew of her, but I didn't know her to the degree that you did. And I'm really thankful that we had a chance to like dig into what she's done and who she is and what makes her special and different, but also like the super valid and very, um, helpful and resonating things that we can take from her and like, not even apply to our own life, but just like live, like live in that space, Mm -hmm. live the way she lives. Don't be her, but be like her and like have her outlet or outlook to some degree. So true. Really helpful. Shall we break? Let's break. 